Hey guys, it's Melanie and Brooke here. And for all of you who follow Mercy Talk, you know that today is not a typical day that we would be posting a show. And it's because we have a special one-off episode. We do. So today is January 22nd, which is the anniversary of Roe v. Wade, the decision that was made. If you don't know what that is, you can look it up. So we had an opportunity to sit down with Nancy Alcorn, our founder and president, and she just shared some things that were on her heart, told some stories about how Mercy even began working with, you know, unplanned pregnancy and things like that. Um, so we hope you enjoy. In my life, uh, on this day, January 22nd, 1973 shocked so many people including myself but I remember I was a sophomore in college at the time and the news came out that about the Roe v. Wade ruling and that abortion uh, was now the law of the mm-hmm. land and in that uh, Supreme Court ruling it shocked the world and a lot of people say they think it happened because the church kind of went to sleep and took it for granted that nothing like that would ever happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is America, mm-hmm. you know, and based on where we are in today's society and what's going on and how good is being called evil and evil's being called good. Uh, I guess that we've come so far since that time in the in the not so good things happening, to, in my view, as far as what the word of God teaches and stuff. But. Uh, it's not a happy day to celebrate, mm-hmm. but the reason I wanted to do this podcast is because um, when I first started Mercy in 1983, and by the way, we uh, just this month marks the 37th anniversary of the starting of yeah. Mercy, what was Mercy Ministries, now Mercy Multiplied. Yeah. And uh, when I first started Mercy 37 years ago, we took in girls that had just about every kind of issue you can think of, sexual abuse, addictions, that kind of stuff. Um, But at that time, we did not take in girls facing an unplanned pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So about two or three years and about two years after I started Mercy, it was the mid-80s. And, you know, some of the people listening to this podcast aren't old enough to remember, but um, others that are you know, older may remember that that's when there was a movement that was taking place called Operation Rescue, and they would literally gather people in all 50 states to go and and march at abortion clinics and yell and scream at people. I mean, they would literally fight in the streets Mm -hmm. and yell and scream at each other. And, And they called themselves a Christian movement, but they would go block abortion clinic doors and get thrown in jail and you know they they they'd get on camera and 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 personally you know I I I just I went to God in prayer and I said do you want me to do that mm-hmm. and the Lord was like no I don't want you to do that mm-hmm. even though I my heart breaks over abortion the law of the land now says that it's mm-hmm. okay to do that right. so physically throwing your body a cross an abortion clinic door to get on TV, to go get thrown in jail, to draw attention to this is not what I want you to do. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm not responsible for other people's choices, but I'm responsible to be led by the spirit of God. And he, so the Lord said to me at that point, you know, I'm just listening to God, what he's speaking to my heart and what he's saying. And he said, 
the devil would love for you to get thrown in jail because you have a home open where you're taking in young women who need help. But the Lord also said to me that day, you you are a hypocrite. And I remember being so shocked. Wow. When I heard God call me a hypocrite, and it, 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 it <laughs> as we me, all would be, yeah, <laughs> and it made me cry. And I go, "Why am I a hypocrite?" Because you know, I'd stepped out in faith. I was two or three years into it, and I thought I was doing good. And He said, "Because I've had," He said, "I've had." This is the part that broke my heart. I've had young girls call you who are facing an unplanned pregnancy. And in your mind, because we had bought property next door and we were going to build a facility for unwed mothers. That's what we thought we were Mm going to do on that property next to the first home. Mm -hmm. And in my perfectionistic mind at that time, I thought, well, there needs to be a separate building for girls facing unplanned pregnancy. So So the Lord, so I said to the so I'd go out and speak at churches and civic groups and you know, Sunday school classes, church, whatever. And I would speak out against abortion. And the Lord, so that morning, the Lord said to me, you're a hypocrite because you speak out against abortion. But I've had young women call you facing an unplanned pregnancy and you give them your well-prepared speech of one day we're going to have. And for somebody who is a few weeks or even a couple, two or three months pregnant, you know, telling them one day, we're going to have it is not helpful. No. And you have, and God showed me, he said, I'm going to give you a choice. You either stop speaking out against abortion or you start doing something to provide a practical way that a girl facing that unplanned pregnancy can choose life. And he said, in your mind, it's sort of give me the building and then I'll start taking them. But he said, that's backwards. It's you start taking them and then I will give you the money mm-hmm. to build the building. So God showed me you don't have to you can have pregnant girls and girls with eating disorders and girls with sexual abuse and girls with addictions in the same building who told you you couldn't because it's my word that goes forth in power and my word will not return unto me void. And what God showed me is, you know, I don't even want you to and and all you pro-lifers out there, don't get mad at me for saying this to you. I'm just telling you what God showed me. He said, I don't want you to identify with the pro-life movement. You can say you're pro-life, mm. but I don't want you to identify with the pro-life movement. I want you to identify with the pro-God movement, mm. which is I am the one who knew each person before they were in their mother's womb, and I formed them there. Mm-hmm. And he said, so I want you to identify with me because what I would do if I was walking the face of the earth is I would open my doors and mm-hmm. I would take in those who want to come and welcome them in. And so so that morning I cried quite a bit and I said, I repented before the Lord and I said, God, give me another chance. Have, have another girl. I'll take the, from now on, I'll take them. Yeah. And the very next day, I'll never forget it. The very next day, a pastor called me and this is one reason why I wouldn't want to be a pastor of these kind of situations. Pastor called me and he goes, I've got a situation in my church. He said, I have a 13-year-old who just got pregnant by her mother's 37-year-old boyfriend. Mm-hmm. So there was obviously activity while mama was at work. Mm-hmm. And a baby was there as a result. And this young girl wanted to choose life. And that was the first girl, and that was the girl the very next day. 
and she ended up coming into Mercy. And I didn't know, I never had, it wasn't even on my radar when I first started Mercy that we would take in girls with unplanned pregnancy. It got on my radar when God started dealing with me about being a hypocrite because you're going out and speaking out against abortion, but you're not doing anything to provide a practical way that a girl in the situation can choose life. And God showed me the pro-life movement is save the baby, save the baby, save the baby. Mm-hmm. And But God said, my priority is to reach the heart mm. of that young girl who's dealing with the shame and the guilt and the condemnation mm. of her situation, trying to figure out what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? And, and a lot of times shame will drive people to the abortion clinic. Mm-hmm. Right. And so what God said is, I want you to... Um, to understand that the pro-life movement is all about save the baby, save the baby, save the baby. That's their priority. And God even gave me a vision of a girl who was, who, who was pregnant and then really big and pregnant. And then it turns into a girl holding that baby. Mm-hmm. And what happened after that was this big crowd of people that was the pro-life crowd. They, they came storming directly at the girl and her face lit up like, oh, they're going to help me mm. provide for my baby. And they rush up and they take the baby out of her arms and then they rush back the mm. other way. And she's left laying there on the ground sobbing because nobody cared about her. Wow. wow. And, and it was so heavy duty for me when I had that vision. And so God said, what I want you to do is you make the girl who's carrying the baby your priority. Mm-hmm. You win her, take her in, love on her, tell her, hey, God's not mad at you. Right. He's proud of you because the government, the law of the land, and even a lot of churches say you should get an abortion. But you've chosen life. And for that, I am proud of you. And you need to know that I'm not mad at you. I'm not angry at you. I love you. And I am have provided a place for you to come mm. and you're going to get to make you're going to get to know me i'm going to help you we tell the, so our job is to lead them to the lord and teach them how to hear the voice of god be led by peace be led by the spirit of god get in the word you know proverbs 3 5 and 6 trust in the lord with all your heart lean not to your own understanding but in all your ways acknowledge me the lord says and i will direct your path so we feel like our job is like to each young birth mother we say no one in here is going to tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're 13. You've got to hear God for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if I'm making the decision, which I'm not, for a 13-year-old, I'm praying that she'll probably choose adoption because she's so young. But, you know. Mm-hmm. But in her situation, she knew right away, I need to place my baby. So that was the first. And now, since that time, we've had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pregnant girls walk through our doors. But that was the first. And out of that came the birthing of our adoption agency because we tried to get existing adoption. God showed me what I want you to do is if a girl wants to choose adoption, she gets to choose what she wants in the couple. Have her make a list, what's in her heart, even if it's down to what kind of dog they have, whatever her desires are. have Have them list them out. And if she wants to parent, then you help equip her to become the best parent she can be. Mm-hmm. And so out of that first one, when she chose adoption, I didn't realize that was going to be the birthing of us establishing our own licensed adoption agency. But 
it was the beginning of that because we tried to get existing adoption agencies to work for us. We're taking the girl in free of charge, as we do all the young women that come to Mercy. We're providing for, for all their needs, medical, you know, nutritional, everything, prenatal, all that stuff. And uh, the adoption agencies we reached out to wanted to – they were unwilling to promise that they would meet the girl's request because – it matters to our girls that they get, once they receive Christ and experience him, they want them in a home that's going to raise their baby that way. Mm-hmm. They also want them in a home, you know, that uh, is going to, uh, they, they want all their all that they have in their heart for their baby mm-hmm. to be honored. Mm-hmm. Well, the existing adoption agencies gave us a speech about, well, we have this list we go down and we can't promise that and we can't promise they'll get put. So I said, okay, so you're telling me that if a girl request uh, that a, a baby be placed in a strong Christian family that maybe goes to an interdenominational church or let's say she requests Baptist or let's say she requests Catholic whatever you're telling me you won't honor this well no we can't promise that oh and by the way we charge couples $25,000 mm-hmm, yeah. agency yeah. fee and oh by the way <laughs> Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, okay, what's wrong with this picture? Right. Yeah. We're taking the girl in free of charge. We're spent raising the money to care for her. And then they want to turn around and not honor the girl's request and charge that kind of agency fee. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the Lord showed me right then. He said, I don't want any of this to be about money. Hmm. I don't want I don't want the couples to be charged. I don't want the girls to be charged. Obviously, you could encourage the couples to become a partner with Mercy if they adopt a baby, and if there's any outstanding medical or legal, that's their responsibility. But you are not going to be charging them a quote-unquote agency fee mm-hmm. because none of this is going to be about money. I'm going to bless you because you make it about ministry, not about money. Mm-hmm. And so that was the beginning of and – the, and the way God gave me the idea – not the idea was just wisdom from him about having the girls write down what's in their heart for their child is I remember that when I found out that first girl was choosing adoption, I remember like going home and being so heavy in my heart and I got down on my knees. I don't usually, most times these days I don't pray on my knees. I had two knee surgeries from basketball injuries. So <laughs> I feel it's that. not a very comfortable mm-hmm. spot <laughs> for me mm-hmm. after the knee surgeries. But, but, but that, Particular, I remember feeling so heavy. I just like was down on my knees and I had my head on my bed and I was just sobbing. And I'm like, God, I'm not. I said, God, I'm not you. Who am I that I get to decide who somebody's parent should be? Wow, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was so heavy. And that's when the Lord just said, I don't want you to decide that. I want that to also be a process of the Holy Spirit, and mm-hmm. this is how it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You find out what the girl has in her heart that's carrying the baby. You take care of the girl, and the baby will be taken care of as an automatic byproduct mm-hmm. of what I do in the heart of that young woman. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I'm thinking maybe just to add before we wrap up today, and if you guys have any final thoughts, be sure to throw those in. But, you know, you've talked a lot about um, just how we – love on those girls when they come to mercy. And I'm, I'm going to guess that there's probably a lot of people listening today who maybe they aren't in the middle of that decision, but they know someone who is, Mm -hmm. or they're going to know someone who is. And I'm going back to a conversation that I was part of a long time ago. Um, but it was with a young 
girl who was in the midst of like trying to decide whether or not she was going to do this. And the fact that she was even considering abortion, everyone in her close inner circle, family, church, and the thing, they were, they were freaking out on her. And it really became kind of what you described, Nancy, where it's like, all of a sudden her life didn't matter. They were only worried about that baby, right. you know? And of course they were worried about her and the ramifications mm-hmm. it would have on her. But what ended up getting communicated to her, she's young, she's terrified. And I remember sitting and, and hearing her talk and I'm like, she is scared out of her mind. She doesn't know what to do. She needs to be loved on. She needs right. to be, she needs to be given choice because there were some people that were trying to force it on her and it was making her actually push up against it and run the other way, you know? Um, so she needed to be given that freedom of choice, but she really needed it. Like they needed to tend to her in that moment and all of that fear and all of that Mm -hmm. shame for the pregnancy in the first place, you know, just so much of that that needed to be tended to before she could even really make a rational decision. But because people were just going crazy on her and, you know, just like, you can't do this. You could never take a baby's life, you know, and there's, her parents, all these people, like she was freaking out even more. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. I just, I, I took a lot from that. When I, I just thought, man, if I ever find myself in conversations like this in the future with a girl who's just not, who doesn't know what to do, I want to keep in mind what her experience is right now. And she's terrified. She's right. scared out of her mind. And so that's what would, uh, that's what I feel like would often lead someone to that decision. Yeah. It's like, I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to get rid of the problem. Right. And so I don't know. I just thought that might be encouraging for people to hear too. No, I think that's very important. And I do agree that, you know, you push somebody into a corner and they're going to come out fighting. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just the way it is. But God has really dealt with me that he wants me to be, much, much, much more outspoken this year about that particular issue. Number one, because I want to see more girls know that help is available for them Mm -hmm. free of charge. Number two, I want people not to buy into the rhetoric of Planned Parenthood. They say it's not about making money. And so I'm going to take you at your word, Planned Parenthood. I'm going to say that your abortion abortion performing clinics are not about making money therefore i challenge you to prove that by performing abortions free of charge because we take the girls in free of charge here at mercy who want to choose life so if a girl wants to choose your way of doing then you say it's not about making money i dare you to prove it Mm -hmm. i dare you Mm -hmm. and and if you're out there listening to this and you've had an abortion, you need to know that that's not meant to shame you because God's not mad at you. And so our message to people who've had an abortion is, you know what? God loves you just as much post-abortion as he did pre-abortion. And he's not angry. He's not mad. He's not condemning. And we're not either. If you choose to go to an abortion clinic and get an abortion, you need to know that if you are hurting after you do that, that we're still here for you and you are just as welcome in this program after as you are before. It's so good. But I'm glad we, um, thank y'all, I think for this show to be on the actual anniversary date of Roe v. Wade, I look forward to the day that we no longer have this Roe v. uh, I, I look forward to the day we can celebrate the day that it gets overturned. Thank you for joining us and hearing Nancy share her experiences over the last 37 years. And we hope you join us for our regularly scheduled Mercy Talk tomorrow.